Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Little down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back in maybe. I don't know, probably in the most unlikely game preview episode since we started this podcast. Here we are previewing a game versus the Arkansas State Red Wolves, a game that wasn't on the schedule like three weeks ago. Uh, Here it is, and it's time to preview it. We're in the middle of Blitz Week where we've been firing shows and previews at you nonstop. So now it's time for Grant and I to get back together and talk about this game. Grant, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, sorry for having to get us back on Zoom. I'm being ruled out for COVID the next couple of days. Um, just had a little bit of a cough after a wedding weekend. So better safe than sorry. Don't want to kill any of my coworkers or patients. So I decided to or you know, get tested. Or you, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so the, we're the back on the Zoom, but yeah. not too bad. Yeah, no, back on the Zoom. I was going to say the boneheads don't care about your coworkers. They just care about <laughs> me. Point. So. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll jump into it. So, um, you know, at least with the preview pods, beer of the pod still sticks around quite a bit. I know uh, it looks like you're not indulging, but I am. But before we do it, beer of the pod for our preview episodes is going to be sponsored by betonline.ag. As sports keep coming back, so there's your chance to bet on them with our exclusive online wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are in full swing. I tell you what. LeBron had that big game, game two. Now it's 1-1. Uh, 
uh, watching all sorts of NBA playoffs. At this point, honestly, I don't give a shit about Major League Baseball anymore. But there's no shortage of anything. The Chiefs, as you guys are listening, the Chiefs are back tomorrow. Get over there and bet on them. Also, tune into Floyd Money Mayweather. He joins Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where you can talk, uh, hear him talk about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you a chance to win some great prizes, guessing the cost of his bling. Also, he's probably doing that because I'm sure he's on the verge of becoming bankrupt again. So it is what it is. Visit betonline.ag today to check all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all their welcome back sport bonuses. They're plastered all over their homepage. No need for a promo code. Just get over there today. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So let's get into it. Um, my beer of the pod, it's one that you drank the last time we were together, the Atomic Pumpkin. I emptied one of the cans into my nice snifter here, and I'm enjoying um, a nice spicy pumpkin beer as it truly is fall in Kansas City as it's 55 degrees outside right now. Yeah, I uh, have been – I worked from home the last two hours of the day, and I fired up the grill a little bit to prep some chicken for the week, and I was tempted, so tempted to pour a pumpkin beer because it's just smelling. I also cooked up some brats to kind of like do a high-protein type of thing. Smelling the brats was just like – it took me right to the parking lot of K-State, of Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and it really – I could feel the fall in the air, and I really – I was so tempted. If I wasn't, like, possibly sick, I would be drinking a pumpkin beer right now because it's the best weather, best time of year. Ugh, feels good. Yep, it looks like you had some tea, though. Is it a nice uh, Neptune tea? I did have some Sleepy Time Yogi oh. tea. Oh, sleepy time yogi. So we better hop right into uh, all the all the stuff before you fall asleep then. Um, we're going to start off with Coach Clement's press conference. Um, just in full disclosure, with how up in the air everything is with not only football but all the non-revenue sports as well, um, if there's any major news surrounding the soccer volleyball team, we will touch on it at this point in the pod. It's going to be a lot of effort, and things are going to be changing so rapidly. We're not going to touch on it. Um, every single pod and you know just based on that K-State soccer had their first game already delayed so those sports are going to be crazy so we're just usually going to kick off into Coach Kleiman's press conference um, and we'll just get into it he opened it up talking about how excited he is and the team is to play they had a good week of text testing last week they need another good one this week so they can be able to play uh, the team has been able to see a light at the end of the tunnel uh, my first my question to you is how crazy is it that basically his opening statement almost every Tuesday is going to be, hey, yeah, we need to make sure that we have a good testing day on Wednesday and Friday to even be able to play the damn game. That's that's just so weird to hear a coach talk about. Yeah, it sucks, and it's just unfortunately the reality that we're going to be facing for the next 10 to 12 weeks. But, you know, maybe, I mean, and not really like hoping for this, but I think by – midway throughout the season towards the end of the season it's going to be like it's possible that most of these players have already had COVID by then and we'll be able to get back to some sort of normalcy at least for our program you can't speak for how the other programs have tested but we've already had almost half of our roster um, get it so it's not going to be long until pretty much everybody's got it and I mean I guess the coaches will still have to be healthy but by then you know we'll be all right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, the next thing, he had a lot of high praise for Arkansas State and Blake Anderson. 
uh, him being a great coach and saying it's going to be a tough matchup. I put this in there in here only to pat myself on the back because I've been singing the praises of Blake Anderson for three years. So this is like the most self-congratulatory thing I've done on this podcast in a while. So that's honestly just self-serving right there. Um, we'll move I bet on. We could go back and find some contenders. <laughs> that's true. I sometimes, I sometimes get an ego. Uh, that, that is 100% true. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I need, I'm self-deprecating enough that I think if I ever get something right, I can, I can be happy for myself. Uh, so the next one is lots of praise about Deuce Vaughn. He's actually a tr- true freshman showing up on the two deep. Um, Coach Clement said that Harry Trotter and Tyler Burns are going to get most of the carries, but Deuce and Jarcadia will get their touches as well. Uh, also said Deuce Vaughn showed a ton of maturity for a player his age. And I don't disagree with him that those two older guys are going to get probably most of the carries early on and Wright will get some of his. But you got to think that's such a – like a – nice honor for a true freshman running back to pop up on the two deep with an or next to his name right there. Yeah, I'm excited for Deuce Vaughn. He seems to be one of the guys that's going to bring a lot of speed to the running back room. Um, He's listed at 168. I think he's probably more around 150 uh, from what I've been told, but um, it'll be exciting to see how we use him and to see how he adjusts to this level. Yeah, especially with all the uh, reported COVID uh, issues with the wide receivers. I bet you we see Deuce Vaughn lining up in the slot a handful of times on Saturday. Um, The next thing that I thought was uh, very telling, Coach said there's going to be a minimum of four and probably five guys taking snaps at defensive end and four or five at defensive tackle, talking about how he wants even more rotation in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball this year. Um, I think both you and I called out how much they rotate, maybe over-rotated last year, especially bringing White Huber out on some plays. Um, Do you like hearing this? Do you hope that uh, they'll evolve away from rotating so much as the season goes on or are you anticipating with, uh, you know, the COVID world that that's just going to be the nature of the beast this year? I don't think he would evolve away from it even without COVID. Um, But it doesn't bother me outside of – Pulling white humor. I think he should stay in there 80 to 90% of the snaps. He's your best player. He should be, you know, he has aspirations to play on Sunday and he might be able to. So he should be able to be in there 80, 90% of the game. You want to have your best player on the field at all times, I think, as much as you can. And I don't like, I feel like he was pulled out a little too much for me, but um, I expect to see the same. Yeah, if there is a spot that there is the depth to do it, um, I think defensive end might be it. I'm worried about our defensive tackle depth. But, yeah, Boom Massey, actually, who's listed officially as the second starter instead of Khalid Duke. Uh, so, you know, maybe Boom gets back to having a nice season because he ha- he's shown flashes throughout his career. He just hasn't been able to be very consistent. Yeah. We'll see. D-tackle is a little bit of a worry. Uh, we might <laughs> see a lot of shuffling over there in that position, but we'll see. Yeah, defensive tackle, I, I'm nervous about that. They're going to have to shuffle just because, A, I don't think any of those guys are in game shape right now because I think they had a little bit of the COVID. They've had some injury. And then also, I just don't think you have that certified dude in there. I think Drew Wiley might be that guy. But I'm hesitant on Eli Huggins. I'm hesitant on the Juco guys. Um, you had, uh, 
at least it sounds like Matthew Powell uh, is going to be opting out for the year. He's not on the active roster uh, for game days anymore. So, yeah, I'm nervous about defensive tackle. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have lost any weight and used my eligibility to to take up a block or two, but um, we'll see what happens there. Well, uh, sometimes when your feet are to the fire, it's when somebody steps up that you're not expecting. So we'll see. I'll yeah, have no, some faith. I'll be optimistic. I like it. I, I'm glad one of us is because I'm, I'm, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be Arkansas state to do it, but I think there might be some teams that have a, a heyday running between the guards. Um, we'll move yeah. on to the offensive line though. And this is where I was encouraged. Coach Kleiman raved about today the athleticism and aggressiveness he's seen on the offensive line. Said it's still a work in progress. Says they're still learning how to play with each other. Says that isn't unique to K-State. Yada, yada, yada. But why I'm so excited to hear that is because I think for all the experience we had last year, you didn't have the athleticism. And I think a lot of the time you didn't have the aggressiveness either. You had a bunch of guys who knew what their assignment was, but they were going to make the defender come to them instead of seeking out someone to hit. So if you're going to err, I like erring on the side of athleticism and aggressiveness on the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with all the questions that we had, um, you know, prior to the season, prior to this first game about the offensive line, um, what if by game two or three, we come to realize that the offensive line has actually improved. I mean, that would be, Amazing, because that's I think uh, you know around the around the roster at the skill positions, maybe not running back, we will see an improvement um, in terms of production. But um, yeah, I'm much more into the I like those buzzwords and the, the physicality of the offensive line that gets me excited. Yep, the next one, and I thought this was maybe the best question. I believe it was Kellis Robinette or Derek Young who asked that I couldn't couldn't make it out on the press conference, but they were asked about the contingencies on if any of the coaches got uh, COVID and couldn't be around the team for to coach a game. And Kleiman specifically said anyone on the offense going from any of the coaches down to the GAs could call plays on that day because they implement the game plan so well. Um, but then he said, and I guess it shouldn't surprise me because he's the associate head coach, but he said if something were to happen to him, Van Malone would step in and be the head coach of record, the acting head coach. Um, two questions for you. Number one, uh, what do you think when you hear him say, hey, even down to the GAs, they could call our plays? <laughs> um, he, did, he did say Courtney Messingham, it, part of his specialties is playing, uh, you know, calling plays. But that kind of sh- kind of – Struck me as like a little, oh, um, is he trying to subliminally say something there? Maybe I'm overthinking it. And then, B, I want you to comment on what you think a game uh, with Van Balone being the head coach, even if it wasn't a temporary basis, what it would look like. I'd, I'd be pretty nervous if we had an outbreak within the coaching staff and GAs were about to run a game. Uh, but, hell, I mean, maybe we've got such a good system that and such a good staff that they know it like the back of their hand and that's, you know, they truly could do that. But um, I can't imagine a Van Malone game would look a whole lot different, uh, you know, than a, a Chris Kleiman game, but you know, they're both defensive minded guys um, and they like to let their, their guys do their thing in their position. So I, but it'd be exciting. Hopefully he wouldn't. Uh, well, I don't know. I would obviously wish him some success, but 
hopefully he's not so good that he wants to leave so quickly. Yeah, no, I think I think it'd be wild to see Van Malone just trying to chat up the referees after a play call with his, you know, he has the juice, he has a swagger. Just seeing him out there on the field trying to go after a referee, I, I, I think that'd be highly entertaining. I wonder what the coaching like protocols are for them to be I wonder how distanced they are if they're ever not getting together you know having meetings because I mean that's the risk that they would run just like the players risk that they run like the quarterbacks are always all together one quarterback gets it every quarterback could possibly get it then you're in some deep shit I mean if one coach gets it what if every coach gets it or the majority of coaches get it we'd be in trouble yeah, so I think back when they first came back, they had some stuff on the YouTube channel or on social media. The only time the coaches meet or is in the big uh, steel and pipe uh, industries uh, auditorium room. They were all spread out to different corners and stuff. So I'm hoping that when they have coaches meetings, that's where they're doing it. But um, who knows? I mean, it'd be wild to see Stanton Weber, uh, you know, out there just calling plays or like you know what maybe all of a sudden gene taylor has to pick up the headset and gene taylor's the defensive coordinator for a game that would be interesting gene can do it all i bet gene would blitz i think he'd like do the phil bennett defense gene taylor would be calling a blitz every single play it'd be exciting yeah no i agree with him so uh coach Kleiman also did run down the process of how they came to the 53-man rule and all the uh, protocols in place for a game, whether or not it's going to be canceled or postponed. He really harped on being able to have seven offensive linemen, seven defensive linemen as being the main hurdles uh, to play a game. He, He even said quarterback, you could find a way to play a game and be competitive without a quarterback. But he said without at least having seven offensive linemen, seven defensive linemen, it'd be impossible to play. Um, and just uh, so everyone knows, there is a threshold. You do have to have one quarterback available as well as part of that 53-man roster. Um, two questions to you. A, who, who would you want to play? Assuming all players were available except for the quarterbacks, who would you like lining up there taking snaps at quarterback? And B, how do you like the 53-man rule with the 7-7-1 stipulations? Oh, man. Who's our most athletic guy? Well, who can throw the ball, though? Young blood. I, he played quarterback yeah. in high school. I mean, yeah. He would leave that game hurt for sure, though, because we'd be running the shit out of him. Um, there's got to be someone else that played quarterback in high school. I think Ryan Hennington, who's now – he's a walk-on. <laughs> he flipped over to defense. Um, throw Blake Lynch back there just for the fun. Yeah, we could throw Blake Lynch back there. I mean, I'd probably go with Youngblood, um, but that would make me nervous. Um, and I like the rule. I think it's good. And for what it's worth, I think we have seven offensive linemen available right now, and that's it. Yeah, no, I think we're right at that threshold, and I think just today we got to seven. I think they've been rocking the six yeah. for a very long time. So um, We'll, we'll wrap up also COVID. He said that there's a 10-day minimum isolation if you get a positive test. And only at that point can you start uh, testing to get a negative test and then pass all your EKGs, all your lung work, heart work, all that type of stuff. I thought it was good to get some uh, information around that. Um, 
and saying that, hey, if, if you're not – if you don't pass every single one of those tests and if a doctor doesn't say, say you're clear, Coach Clinton said it could be 10 days, it could be four weeks, they're never going to rush anything. And I don't think we ever had to, you know, question any of that with Coach Clinton, but it is good to hear all that. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play football – with amateur athletes that are not getting paid. And, I mean, I guess it is partially their choice to play, obviously. But you're going to have to do, like, the safest thing possible, and I'm fine with going – even if that's overboard, I'm fine with that. Yep. I, he didn't ask – and I don't know if there was a follow-up – what the process is for contract tracing, whether or not it's 10 days, and as long as they never tested positive, they can come back after the 10 days, or what it is. Um, I'd be interested to hear that exact protocol, but I bet that they probably wouldn't release the protocol, uh, you know, I, with all the I's dotted and T's crossed. That, that's what I'm most interested in. Um, we'll wrap up the two final things that he touched on. He said that the most uh, challenging thing is going to be the up-tempo uh, nature of Arkansas State's offense and their talent out wide uh, and says that it's going to be a massive challenge for them and the defense to mix things up and change up coverages on them. Then he also had high praises for Cooper Beebe and Will Jones as freshmen who are really impressing at camp and fan, fans might be surprised to see how good they are this year. Um, just, you know, on Arkansas State's tempo, I mean, they've been playing Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma, teams that run tempo. So I think he's maybe just trying to use – uh, the lip service of what Arkansas State's known for. I'm not buying that they're going to be running so fast that's going to cause us issues because we see it all the time. And then Cooper Beebe and Will Jones, those yeah. are two young guys that us as a podcast have been really high on for a while now. I think I've said Cooper Beebe will be a multi-year first team all Big 12 type guy. Um, what do you think about Cooper Beebe and Will Jones getting shout-outs, Will Jones as a starting at nickel? I mean, do you think he is just trying to butter up Arkansas State, saying that they're going to have trouble with how fast they run the uh, ball? Probably. I mean, I can't imagine we will have trouble. We're in the Big 12. We're used to that kind of pace. I don't have any issue. I mean, the only way I think it – I mean, it could cause issues with the roster numbers and just, like, conditioning. Um, it, you know, we may not be ready for that. And game call. one, like, uh, uh, you know – a fast-paced team, and we're, we're short on numbers, we're short on guys, so we just may not be in that type of shape yet, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's something we'll be expecting for the next nine games, so I don't think it'll be that big of a deal, um, and I, I love hearing when young guys are shouted out, especially Willie Jones. Um, it's only positive. Ooh, that I, depth. did you call him Willie Jones? I like that. I think I did on accident. It just kind of happened. I think we but should start calling him as a I'll podcast, Willie, Willie Jones. Jones. I like All right. it. All right, Willie Jones it is. Boneheads, we're going to – hopefully that won't get uh, our segment of fans bullied like using uh, Probably. the Sea Wolf. That was bad in hindsight. Um, but we're going to call him Willie Jones from now on. I like it. So that's the wrap-up of uh, Coach Kleiman's uh, press availability. And now it's time for our game primers. And I'll tell you something, Grant. Nothing gets me primed for sexual intercourse like a perfectly manicured and trimmed bush. And do you know how True. I achieve that? Manscaped.com. Dot com. Dot com. 
Yes, with the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, you know what? They have a 90-minute battery. They have an LED light. You can do it in the shower. I, I agree with you when you, you talk about why would you want to do it while you're showering. Yeah, it's a little weird. I like to, you know, manscape while standing in the shower and then wash it all down. Uh, but I, I'm not actively That's using. Smart. I don't like, like, That's I'm not smart. actively using the trimmer while the water's running. Sure. But if you wanted to, you could. It looks great in the commercials. So get over there. They have a ceramic blade, skin safe technology. You will not nick or nag your balls. Um, you know, they also have the deodorant to prevent the swamp ass. They have the crop reviver, which is basically like having a cologne for your balls. And guess what? I heard you with D white and I agree with you in the ad reads they give us, they don't talk about their boxer briefs. I wore those just today and they are the best boxer briefs in the world. There are some other online boxer companies that I have a lot of novelty boxers from. Uh, no hard pass on them unless they ever become a sponsor because I'm getting more underwear from manscaped.com. If you use promo code armchair, you get 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. Yeah. I think it's one of their best products that they have. They need to get that in there because it's, they're incredibly comfortable. Yes, they are. So today for our, uh, for our primers, we got Arkansas state rep in Arkansas state is George Stoya from the Arkansas Demo or Democrat Gazette down there in Arkansas, a real big J journo, and the K-State Primers from Manhattan Broadcasting Company superstar. I would call him the Primer Goat, Mitch Fortner. So you guys are going to hear from them, and when we get back, we're going to break down the game, give you some keys to beat. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is George Stoy with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette uh, here to talk a little bit about the Arkansas State Red Wolves who will be going to get up against Kansas State this weekend. Uh, they've already actually already played a game playing last weekend against Memphis uh, and falling 37 to 24. Um, as was expected, you know, Memphis is a, obviously a quality team. Uh, they really hurt the Red Wolves through the air with uh, quarterback Brady White uh, threw for about 300 yards and four touchdowns, uh, you know, one thing that really stuck out, uh, at least in my opinion, was Arkansas State's secondary was, was really, really rough. Um, and that's one area of concern that they really had coming into this season, uh, you know, losing a few guys back there and just not having a ton of experience really across the board uh, on defense. And so their defense really struggled in that game. Offensively, um, you know, they, they played two quarterbacks, uh, Lane Hatcher and Logan Bonner. Bonner got the start and played uh, just about every, every two possessions or so. Um, and so they're, they're intending to play uh, two quarterbacks again this weekend against Kansas State. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic, work, dynamic works. I thought both played well last week. Um, you know, they had their, their ups and downs in that game. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But, you know, as far as how COVID has affected this team, uh, it really hasn't much, at least that we know of. They haven't been, you know, releasing numbers uh, on a weekly basis uh, here or there. They'll They'll say they've had a couple or so positives. Um, you know, last week they had their entire, um, you know, two deep there except for two guys starting running back Marcel Murray uh, and Sammy Johnson. And uh, I don't believe those were COVID related. So, uh, and they're expected to be back this week, Coach Anderson said, uh, on Monday. So 
it'll be interesting to see if that changes this week. I know they have to be tested three times, uh, but they've been, you know, taking protocols pretty seriously, um, social distancing and those sorts of things. And so, I, you know, so far there hasn't been any impact. Of course, that could change any day. Um, you know, th- as far as expectations this season, uh, you know, they're expected to compete for the Sun Belt, you know, championship. They, uh, you know, you look at Appalachian State, obviously is the favorite. Uh, Louisiana's got a great team. Um, you know, uh, they're going to be competing for uh, a spot in that game, uh, and probably rightfully so. You know, they have one of the better offenses in the conference. They have, a, you know, their entire starting offensive line back, um, some great wide receivers and Jay Adams, uh, Brandon Bowling. Um, you know, they kind of do a, a running back by committee, which, you know, they, I think they had four different guys have carries last week, and um, all four were over, I think, 20 yards in rushing, and they had two over 50. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. They have a great offense, but their defense, again, um, I believe finished 124th in total defense a year ago, uh, and they are not off to the best start so far uh, against a, a really good Memphis team. Uh, and so, you know, for them to win a game against Kansas State, uh, the offense is going to have to put up a lot of points. And, you know, they can. Um, you know, I wouldn't count Arkansas State out of this game. Uh, in fact, I think they have a better shot of winning this game than they did a week ago against Memphis. Uh, they were a couple plays away in that Memphis game um, from, from really, uh, you know, making it close in that second half. Uh, but, you know, I think one thing that they're going to have to do is score a lot. Uh, you know, the wide receivers are going to have to play um, their tails off and make some big-time plays against a really good Kansas State team. And so, um, you know, the defense is, has been, you know, it's probably going to be up and down all season. Uh, they're really thin at linebacker. Uh, in fact, they rotate a bunch of guys there, and they did last week. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, and so, you know, some some key players to watch for on Arkansas State side are uh, obviously the two quarterbacks, like I mentioned. Uh, wide receiver Jay Adams is probably their best weapon offensively. Uh, definitely a guy to watch for and, and I think had 800 receiving yards a season ago uh, and was really the third guy on that offense. Uh, Marcel Murray, the running back, um, if he comes back, will be a huge help for their offense. Uh, defensively, you know, guys like Justin Rice, who's a transfer from Fresno State, playing linebacker, has only been on the team for about uh, three weeks now and actually started uh, last week in his first game. So he's a guy to watch. Antonio Fletcher at safety, uh, he's a playmaker. He's a guy that started for them last year uh, and made some big plays on Saturday. Uh, and then up front, Forrest Murrell, uh, big defensive lineman, expected to get drafted this next year. A really good run stopper, just a big body uh, that gets to the quarterback and, um, you know, plugs up holes. And, and again, I think, you know, for, for, for Arkansas State to win this game, they're going to have to be able to stop the run. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, put up a lot of points. And uh, if they can do that, then I think they have a chance. But, um, you know, my prediction for the game is Kansas State 45, Arkansas State 31. Uh, and if you want, you, you can follow me on Twitter, at George Stoya. That's S-T-O-I-A. Uh, I work for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You can find my work on ArkansasOnline.com. Thanks for having me. Hello, Wildcat Nation. I'm Mitch Fortner. You can hear me on News Radio KMAN on the game from 4 to 6 in the afternoons with John Kurtz. And you can catch me on K-State Soccer Broadcasts. 
Just about time to start the 2020 season. 2.30 kickoff Saturday, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The Wildcats will host the Red Wolves of Arkansas State out of the Sun Belt. Now, this is a pandemic-delayed season, COVID-19 affecting everybody's daily lives, including those among K-State football. K-State currently dealing with 12 active COVID cases, so we don't know exactly who those players are. We do know some are on the offensive line and in the wide receiver core. We don't know if they're going to play on Saturday expectations for the season well I've actually not publicly said what my prediction on the season is so you're going to be the first to know I have K-State going seven and three I do have K-State losing to Oklahoma Oklahoma State and Texas all right let's now talk about K-State hosting Arkansas State Saturday what are the strengths K-State will have going into this game against Arkansas State how will they use them to win the ball game Well, to me, this team does have a lot of strengths to it, especially against a team like Arkansas State. But to narrow it down to one, I think where K-State wins this ballgame is in the box on defense. A veteran defensive line, Wyatt Hubert, Bronson Massey, and probably splitting time with Khalid Duke there on the ends. Up front as well, Drew Wiley, Eli Huggins, plus Justin Hughes' back at linebacker, Elijah Sullivan, some solid tacklers. I was not a fan of the way Arkansas State was running the football. They only ran for 125 yards, averaging about 3.5 yards per carry. K-State is going to shut that down. That could be a big difference in the ball game, keeping Arkansas State throwing the football with their two quarterbacks that they're going to play. But K-State keeping the Red Wolves one-dimensional will be huge in a season opener like this against a quality opponent. The biggest weakness I see right now for K-State, and I hate to pick on them, I know it's five new guys up front, but the offensive line, if I was Arkansas State, put a little bit of pressure on K-State. They're obviously going to try to plug up the run as much as possible, but even when K-State's passing, get Skyler to move out of the pocket. We saw last year, Skyler kind of got some happy feet a little bit too quickly, started moving out of the pocket, didn't stay put. If you're the Red Wolves, try to get in Skyler's head by having him mobile in the pocket still trying to throw the football trying to find an open receiver put pressure on that offensive line and make that pressure bounce over to Skylar Thompson there are multiple key players for K-State that I want you to watch on Saturday pay attention to how well they play because if they can be productive in game one that's going to probably lead to more playing time for them in the near future we'll start with offense Coach Kleiman said Tuesday the running back will be by committee. So we're going to see Harry Trotter, Tyler Burns, Jacardi Wright, but also Deuce Vaughn. 5'5", 168-pound freshman. Not a very big guy at all. Doesn't weigh a ton, but he's quick. And he's done enough at practice to get the attention of the coaches to where he is an oar on the two deep. Next to Tyler Burns, Harry Trotter will be the starter. But let's watch Deuce Vaughn to see if he can make an early impact in game number one of his collegiate career. Going to another newcomer, but he's certainly a veteran at the college level, and that is Briley Moore. I purposely created some bulletin board material weeks ago on the game saying, who's Briley Moore? Because it feels like he is the most talked about player. And I totally understand that. Barely got to play last season because of an injury in game one against Iowa State, but he has NFL potential. And he certainly had a lot of attention from the NFL going into last season. He comes to the Wildcats as a senior, and he's looking to make a huge impact. But can he do it in game number one? Also, what's cool about Briley Moore, Coach Kleiman said on Tuesday during his press conference, he's going to be playing at multiple positions, not just tight end. On defense, I'm certainly going to be paying attention to linebacker Justin Hughes. I'm so glad he's back. He's going to finally get to play for his senior year. It's been almost two years since he has played a defensive snap for K-State. 
But Coach Kleiman said on Tuesday he doesn't feel Justin feels in himself that he is 100% ready to go for this season. What's well, game week? I bet his mentality is changing as the week goes. I'm expecting a big game from Justin Hughes. And then finally on defense, Keandre Thomas. He's another newcomer I'm watching that he's also a senior. He's coming from Minnesota where he started 16 games out of the 32 he played. It's awesome that K-State's getting these senior players from other schools that have had a ton of playing time. The key in this game is simple for K-State in my opinion. What I saw from the game Saturday between Arkansas State and Memphis, the Red Wolves defense was so bad at solo tackling. If K-State can turn small to medium gains into big plays by breaking tackles, this is going to be a W for K-State, no doubt about it. Cats are 10.5 point favorite. I'm going to take K-State to win this ball game 35-20. to Thanks to Mr. Wildcat for inviting me once again to talk K-State football on Bosco's Boys. I am the voice of K-State soccer. You can also catch me on The Game from 4 to 6 weekday afternoons with John Kurtz. I'm Mitch Fortner signing off. Go Cats! Thank you to both of our friends helping us out with the primers. I always enjoy getting to hear some more takes on the game because you know what? We may have the best opinions in the history of the world, but it can never hurt to get a couple more voices in there. So, again, thank you to George Stoya, Big J Journo out of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and the primer goat, Mitch Fortner. So, um, we, we just started doing this last year coming out of the primers. I really enjoyed it. So, just kind of breaking down to us at least what the game means. I know for me, it's just almost going to be a celebration of, you know, just being an unprobable football season. There are points throughout this pandemic, I was like, we're not going to see, you know, any sports at all until 2021 and definitely not college football any sooner. So the fact that we're just getting it and we're starting to see it on TV, granted, you know, the first weekend there, there were not many competitive games. Um, Yes, improbable. I'm sorry for – for stumbling over that. Uh, thank you for correcting my grammar, Grant. You could have done it's it okay. on air. You can say right. Scott Wildcat. So look inside. Up. We get sometimes we text each other on the show. Yes. You, especially when we have guests on. Uh, it's I, like I want to give, give a shout out to Gene Taylor. Um, I don't I'm sure everyone caught this when he was on, but he said BMI instead of uh, BPI. Yeah, uh, when talking about the metrics for that, and Grant and I kind of chuckled over text message. Uh, shout out to Gene, uh, we love you. But yeah, improbable football season. So that's the first big thing of what this game means to me, and uh, it has nothing to do with the outcome. I'm just so happy football is back. Yeah, me too. Um, I never thought it was going to get to this point. I'm still shocked, but I think if we get over the hump, we'll get some momentum, and I don't think they'll stop after that to be honest, but it's shocking, but it's nice to have it back. It was nice watching uh, BYU and Navy a little bit the other night um, until there was really no reason to watch that game, which happened pretty quickly. But, um, you know, I, I got kind of used to – I mean, I quickly got used to the new kind of game atmosphere. It's fun hearing, like, the players screaming and the sidelines screaming, hearing all the game noises. But, um, yeah, it's nice to be back. Yeah, I, I, it, it was easy to get used to because, you know, both of us are soccer fans uh, and, you know, we've been watching games without fans. I will say um, if, if, if there's going to be a school that allows fans, I think – I feel like the Armed Service Academies, 
should be able to have their students on campus anyways. I mean, like, whatever. Maryland can do what they want as a state. It's just like, you know what? If these cadets want to watch some football, I feel like they should be able to, but I'm not a politician, so um, we'll just move on from that. So the, the next thing that really this game is going to prove to me what's on the line is trying to prove season one wasn't a fluke. Um, I think some of the Coach Kleiman detractors are going to come out this season, despite it being such a weird season, if they fail to win games that they feel they're supposed to. I also feel like there's going to be some folks who try to hold style points against them. They only find a way to have like a scrappy, you know, four-point win or, you know, a garbage touchdown late to cover the ten and a half. Um, I, I feel like he's going to have detractors. I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for that. Um, am I probably am I putting too much stock into game one and the whole proving season one wasn't a fluke for climbing, or do you think that might be accurate? Um, maybe a little bit into game one. Um, I mean, if people are crucifying him for style points in game one with everything that's surrounding uh, the build-up to this game. Uh, I mean, those people, their opinion isn't worth shit. I mean, and style points mean nothing in the first game anyways. I mean, just goddamn nine years ago now. That's almost 10 years ago. 2011, we started out, barely scraped out a 10-7 win against Eastern Kentucky, and look what happened. We went 10-3 and three and had one of the most fun seasons that I've ever seen at, uh, at K-State. So, you know, who cares about style points? Um, I don't think you're going to be able to tell. Even if we go out and win, you know, 55-7, to seven, it's still going to be hard to really – get a whole lot of this out of this first game of uh, the season that's coming up. Cause it's just going to be, it's going to be a weird season. I mean, we might, there might legitimately be a time where we don't have a quarterback or some bullshit. And I just think we have to take every game kind of as an individual season. I like it really pounding the stone, win the day, win the dang yeah, day. Even more, even more <laughs> pound the stone. Yeah. Pound the stone harder and win the dang day even harder. Um, the next thing is just the beginning of what will be a season-long thing is Klanderman trying to show he can fill the shoes Scotty Hazleton left. Um, John Kurtz during Blitz Week last week said that Scotty Hazleton was a defensive genius. Um, tons of praise for Scotty Hazleton. But Klanderman in his own right has some people talking about how he's an up-and-coming star and he's a future head coach. Um, so can he fill those shoes? I think that there will be some grumblings if all of a sudden they give up 35 points to what is a capable offense in Arkansas State. Um, and then the same folks are going to be like, well, why couldn't we have found a way to keep Scotty Hazleton around? So that is something that I think uh, this game really would mean something to Joe Klanderman if they can put together a good performance. Yeah, it'll be an interesting, you know, facet of the game to keep an eye on. I just feel like, at least at K-State, Joel Klinderman's going to be successful. It's it's within the same system. It's not like he's mixing it up entirely and trying to do his own thing. Um, and, he, you know, he worked under Hazleton all of last season. So I'm sure he picked up some of those good traits anyways. Um, but if the praise that we hear is true, uh, if the hype that we hear is true, then we may once again, it's possible we came out even better than, than when we had Scotty Hazleton. You never know. We may yeah. found a diamond in the rough. No, I, I agree with you. And as uh, 
as he's someone who is a long sleeve all year, I'm, I'm all about the Klanderman train. And then the final thing is COVID. You know, Arkansas State is going to have to test three times this week. K-State still has two testing rounds this week to even make sure they're eligible to play. That's something that I'm honestly probably going to be on pins and needles every Friday, hoping not to start seeing a flurry of tweets from uh, K-State journalists talking about how an announcement about the upcoming about tomorrow's game is about to come down. I'm going to be nervous because with those Friday tests, they're the rapid result test, and then all of a sudden if you get just you know midweek to Friday a big outbreak, then all of a sudden – that anticipation of that event at the end of the week is gone. Um, so that's something that I'm just going to be hyper-focused on, basically checking Twitter every 15 minutes on Friday. Yeah, uh, it's going to be scary. It's going to be a weekly thing, too, every Friday. So, um, And I think you should just probably – we should mentally prepare ourselves for times where it is not going to work out and uh, we may not be seeing our strongest um, – Strongest 11 and 22 guys rotating in and out, but I'm just happy that we have football in general, so I'll take what I can get, I guess. No, I love it. So let's get into it. Let's get into our keys to be. Uh, For those that are new to the show this year for our preview episodes, we both give a key to victory. Grant will go first. I'll go second. Then in the uh, game review pod, we will grade these keys. So, Grant, I'm going to give you the very first key to V of the 2020 season. We've been waiting, you know, since New Year's for a key to V. So let's hear it. Shake off the 2020 rust and start well offensively. Um, Not only is it game one, but I think, you know, the preparation time, the roster number worries uh, may leave us both shorthanded. Um, So I think a key to winning this game will be ignoring all the outside noise uh, that's led up to this game and just play football the way that we know how. Yeah, mine is going to be the maybe a top three cop-out in Keys to V. I think we've had some cop-outs before. But for this one specifically, because of everything you said, 2020, COVID, Arkansas State being a salty team that's already played a game, and they looked good in two of the four quarters versus Memphis, it's just finding a way to win. Uh, the Sun Belt isn't a great conference, but Arkansas State's going to be competing to win that conference game. Um, like I said earlier, there might be some fans who try to get caught up in style points, but winning this game is going to be a tough task, and that's all I want to see. So sorry for the worst key in the history of keys to be because the key is literally just finding a way to win. Win? Yeah, just one, baby. All right, well, I kind of fucked up and accidentally combined my two in the first one. What I meant to say was just shake off the rust and, you know, kind of ignore the outside noise. But I said start hot on offense because that's actually my second key to V's. Get the offense in rhythm early with a whole new line facing a team that can, you know, put up points. I think it'll be important for the offense to get moving early in order to avoid the added pressure of an early deficit. So early offensive success will create momentum and, you know, confidence that we can carry forward. Yep, and then mine is basically the inverse of that. Bring real pressure. The offseason hype has been all around the defensive ends and their ability to get to the quarterback. Too often last year, it took blitzing extra bodies to manufacture hurries. So this team is going to be able to reach its ceiling that some folks are talking about, you know, seven and three. Some folks even talking about eight and two. Um, this team needs to, you know, show us and give us the proof that they can reach the quarterback using only four guys. So 
that's going to be my uh, final key to V. So uh, let's get into it. our game predictions this year are going to be sponsored by betonline.ag. Like I said earlier, there are exclusive online wagering partner for all your betting needs. Football season is here and they will be there for you all football season long. So with COVID and the lack of certainty of any game happening uh, as we record on a Tuesday, let alone having any idea who's going to be playing, we're not going to do the traditional pick them like we did last year. So we're going to have to wait till 2021 uh, for the, the rubber match between Grant and I, since I won last year, he won the first year. The Boneheads had a good year last year as well, but we're not going to be doing it this year. We are going to pick the K-State game, but then we're also going to call out some games that we'll have our eye on uh, over the weekend. So first, let's just get into the K-State game. Grant, give me a score. Are the Cats going to find a way to win? And for those interested, go to bet on, or, yeah, betonline.ag. Um, you know, ten and a half points. I feel like that's a lot of points. Do you have the cats? Ten and a half is the spread. I have the cats covering. Um, I think it'll be thirty-one to fourteen cats. Whew. I like that. I like that one a lot. I have a scoring thirty-one as well. I have it thirty-one twenty-four. I have uh, K State up. You know, thirty-one seventeen late. I have Arkansas State scoring a late touchdown not recovering an onside kick, um, but I don't have us covering. So I have 31-24. Um, so that is our games. And we're going to close out again giving shout-outs to uh, two Big 12 games and two national games that we really are going to want to watch. Uh, Grant, what's the first Big 12 game you're really going to be king on uh, outside of the Cats? KU, Coastal Carolina. Uh, this was an embarrassing loss for KU last year in Les Miles' inaugural season. I think, you know, they've been chatting a lot about uh, how it's a revenge game on their blemish, and I think it'll be, a, you know, an interesting mile marker to see if they've improved from year one to year two. I'll be pulling for the Chanticleers to pull it off again. I think that would be really funny. Um, and I just, you know, I want KU to fail. Yeah, I have KU Coastal on there as well. It's actually – being played at 9 p.m. It's the revenge game after dark. Um, I'll yeah. be tuned in. I want to see because that was like a very funny coaching performance from Les Miles last year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be tuned in. I think KU ends up winning. I They're only six-and-a-half-point favorites over a very, very, very bad Sunbelt team. They should win it. KU should probably win by two scores. But they probably should have done that last year too. So, um yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, my my second game, I don't know if we have the same Big 12 game, but Iowa State versus Louisiana. Iowa State is the Big 12 darling of the media. Louisiana is, you know, one of those other top-tier Sunbelt teams. It's a game very similar to K-State, Arkansas State. Um, so Iowa State, they tried their damnedest to just load up with a bunch of cupcakes, especially after Iowa canceled on. So Louisiana is tougher than any team they tried to schedule. So I'll be interesting to see if the Raging Cajuns can uh, nip off Iowa State. And I'll tell you what, I'll have a raging erection the entire day if Louisiana could find a way to beat Iowa State. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, any Iowa State failure gets me going. Um, game I'll be looking at is probably – I think I have Louisiana Tech and Baylor. I just, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, how first-year coach Dave Aranda – 
um, the kind of style he's going to bring to the Baylor program and how he handles his first test as the main man. Um, not a lot of other interesting games in there in that first first week slate. Um, but I'll be interested to see what Baylor looks like. Yep, I like it. So nationally, give me give me the first game you're going to be keying in on nationally. National game, I've got uh, Syracuse, North Carolina. Um, I mean, it's one of the few decent matches um, this weekend. But I'm I, I'm interested in following Mac Brown at North Carolina to see how he has kind of transformed their program and see if he can continue his momentum. Yeah, and North Carolina, twenty two and a half point favorites. I think that's a lot. I think uh, Dino Babers trying to get a uh, trying to get a bounce back at Syracuse, so I think they cover. I think that game's actually tight. I like that game. Um, my first one. It's a shout out to David and all our UTSA friends. That's UTSA versus Texas State. Uh, Got to give Texas State a lot of credit. They battled SMU very hard in game one, so that's a big rivalry game down in uh, uh, you know Central South Central Texas. So. UTSA, Texas State, big one. I'll have my eyes on it. Go runners. Uh, meet meep. Go uh, UTSA on that one. Um, what's your game two nationally? Game two, and no real particular reason, but Georgia Tech, Florida State, it's just the only other really intriguing, you know, decent – it's a decent brand matchup, and it will probably be some decent football played in that game. So, yeah. always fun to watch Georgia Tech style versus um, an opposing team. Well, Georgia Tech runs the spread. I guess they don't. They don't run that shit anymore, do they? Yeah, well. Paul Johnson's gone. But you know what? They're, they're on the up and up. I really like their coach. And then also all the drama surrounding Norvell at Florida State game one. Uh, I mean, I think they might be on upset alert there. So that's a good one. And I threw in Notre Dame-Duke. I think Notre Dame's going to roll. Um, but you never know what Cutcliffe might coach up at Duke. And it's going to be the first game in the history of the Notre Dame football program that they're playing as a member of a conference. That's going to be Notre Dame's inaugural game as a part of the ACC. Um, and granted, it's just for a year, but that's that's going to be a historic game right there. So that's my national game. So those are the games we'll be watching. Tweet us what your K-State game prediction is. If anyone ever gets a exact correct score, we will bring you on. No, we're not going to bring you on the show. I'll send you a koozie, though. I'll send you a koozie if you ever get the, a correct score, uh, exact correct points, uh, and all that type of stuff. Let us know what games outside of K-State you'll be watching. So that's all I have. Uh, Grant, uh, what do you want to say to the Boneheads before we uh, log off? We made it. It's game week. Um, it's. I hope everybody's excited. Um, it's been a treacherous freaking what, like – seven months eight months six. what is it six months i don't know i mean time Five and a half time doesn't mean anything really anymore it feels it, like it's it been 12 like months but yeah. um we made it we get to watch the cats this week hopefully you know bar some emergency but um cats are playing football on saturday and we should all be excited and we should all meet me at the cat head yep love you guys the world has been turned upside down and college football with it both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 can have postponed their 2020 football season. Still cautious optimism that a college football season can be played safely. We're prepared to play. I try to be everything that I can. But sometimes I come out as being nothing. I pray to God that he make me a better man. 
Maybe one day I'ma stand for something. Feels good to be back. Tell me ain't nobody better than me. I think that there's better than me. Hope you see the better in me. Always end up better in me. I don't wanna ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. Stay strong, we gon' live long. I don't wanna ruin this one. This type of love don't always come in. I want football, you want football, everybody wants football. College football is gonna be played and it's time to get excited about it. Podcast Network.